welcome everybody to the last interview of the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Lunch Series hosted by Josie Brown. As you might have guessed, this is not Josie Brown and we have saved the best for last. <laughs> this is Deborah Coons and I am among other things, uh, I'm, I'm a writer and I was interviewed by Josie, but I'm also one of her best friends. And it is my honor and pleasure to get to turn the tables on Josie today and ask her some of the wonderful questions that she's been positing to all the rest of us. So I hope you enjoy hearing this from one of the kindest, most talented and giving people I know, Josie Brown. Welcome, Josie. Well, thank you, Deb. I, I, think, I think you're going to now have to give my eulogy. <laughs> when the time comes, when the time Maybe comes, a, you know, like a couple of decades from now, I will do my best to to have that happen, <laughs> not happen, okay. <laughs> to not happen. We're all going to live to be 120. So, you know, I'm not even thinking about eulogies at this point. And we're all going to look like we're 33. So that's perfect. Um, <laughs> there's quite a problem with that on this end. <laughs> 33 is so far in my rear view, I don't even remember what it looked like. <laughs> but anyway, let's dive in and talk about Josie. So I know from our long association that you have been many, many things. You have worn many hats. You've been everything from an advertising executive a uh, feature writer, you owned a newspaper with your husband, and you're still married. <laughs> um, you've even written a book for a musical adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. So my goodness, girl, what made you turn to fiction? Well, I think fiction was always my first love. Um, um, the joke my mother used to, used to tell was how when she was mowing the lawn, I'd follow behind her reading my book because I was told <laughs> at school, you know, you have to read out loud <laughs> to your parents. <laughs> I knew that she couldn't hear a word I was saying. <laughs> so I presume I made up a lot of it. <laughs> that is a great picture. I can just see you marching along, <laughs> reading from this very important work of fiction that you wrote when you were nine. Right, right. <laughs> That is so funny. Well, you started in traditional publishing yes. in, in your fiction in your fiction world. And you wrote well, you've written a lot of books that sort of ended up being a little bit standalones. You know, you wrote Hollywood Hunk, Hollywood Whore, uh, Baby Planner, um, let me The Candidate. Right. Secret yeah. Lives they, of Husbands Secret and Wives. Secret Lives of Husbands and Wives. And I mean, they're just fabulous books, very disparate, but as of now, they're either one-offs or two-offs, like Hollywood Hunk and Hollywood Horror, and you have that. And then you, Baby Planner, you sort of pitched and ran with and, and developed your series, Totlandia, which is hilarious. Thank you. You know, all of these women and their, you know, baby world in Pacific Heights in, right. in California. It's absolutely magic. <laughs> um, but are you taking, are you considering taking any of those books and building them out into a series? I mean, you did Baby Planner into Totlandia. Right. And then you have some of the other ones. Right. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. Um, I wrote for New York 
starting a decade ago. And uh, back then, series weren't as pushed upon authors as standalones were. And I can see the validity of that. Standalones, you are the brand. Every author is the brand. And people look for a certain voice that resonates with them. The reader does. So if, if I wrote a story about a woman who helps new mommies find the right kind of gear, but they're also having their meltdowns, that was a standalone story. And the next story would be something like um, a divorce happening in a neighborhood that affects everyone else. Um, obviously, different characters, different heroines. At the same time, it was nice to, to, to be able to move from one world to another world. But then sometimes, right. like I know you do this too, you kind of miss a character. So having, having developed a series, which was the next phase of my writing, and it just so happened that I started developing a series uh, as, an, as a self-published author, um, I was able to live in a world and create a world for a very special kind of heroine. Um, I'm talking about the Housewife Assassin series. And that's... Well, that's my, that's my next question. Ah. You know, really, was when you really took charge of your own career, you began with a Housewife Assassin's handbook. Right. And you have a housewife who, at the, at the, at the start of it, really isn't quite an assassin, but she grows into the role. And, and what about Donna your main character so captured you that you wanted to build a series around her and her world. When the concept for Donna uh, came to me, uh, 9-11 had happened a few years earlier. And it was such a um, traumatic experience for our country and for myself uh, personally. And as as a mom of two young children, I went through sort of a, a mini depression and I, because every mom wants to be able to protect her child. And I thought about the kind of woman who would go to such lengths to do so. And, and I felt chills go up my spine when I had the concept for Donna. And at the time I was still writing traditionally and I approached um, my then agent with the concept and he hated it. Of course he did. (laughs) So I dropped him and I went to another agent. (laughs) Good for you. Who who loved it and actually uh, had it at auction at three different houses, uh, publishing houses. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so she was, you know, we were waiting to hear from the various houses. The editors that she pitched were, were kind of, young editors and they they got the concept they got the concept of a woman who was quote-unquote kick-ass and at this time you know things like uh alias was in on television and so you know you could see that kind of person in in the zeitgeist already one by one the three houses you know came back and said we don't feel that a woman (laughs) would react this way in such trauma and uh, would also, they were afraid of the character, which was fine. You know, as far as I was concerned, it was, you know, it went back into my, my, what I call my orphan drawer. And um, they did do a huge favor. 
They did you a huge favor. Oh my God. They did, yeah. they did me the best favor in the world when I went uh, into the self-publishing world. It was the first thing I pulled out and the readers told me that they were wrong. And I was so happy to hear that. <laughs> and now no kidding. It's been a huge best-selling series for you. You're up to what? You're uh, working on 16 now? Uh, I'm on number 17. 17 will yep. actually debut at uh, the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend. Well, there you go. Yeah. That is so amazing. I think Donna is such a great character, and a woman would so totally act like she did um, in the circumstances in which you put her. And we would all hope that we act would act that way. And I don't know any dying, wilting flowers. Um, all my friends are are women that will take charge and go. And and Donna is fabulously fun. And the balance that you have between her personal life and you know with her kids and and all of that, and then then her professional life, which seems so opposite to her personal life, and it's it's just you did a great job. It's fabulous. Well, thank you for that. I um, I wanted a I wanted a woman who was uh, a mother, not somebody who was single and you know loosey goosey and could run around the world. I wanted somebody who um, who went into a private covert ops uh, company. Uh, she was asked to do so because of her sharp shooting skills anyway. Uh, her husband had worked for the organization and had uh, died mysteriously. So she had a personal trauma, which was the impetus for her. She was avenging right. his death. Makes a great character. Thank yeah. you. I think so. Uh, she has three children at the time that I started the novels. They were 12, 10, and 5 through 17 books. I've moved them five years later as well. So you see the trajectory and what they go through in first being oblivious as to who she is and what she does, and also being, uh, also then being more aware of her life. Um, I also give her Jack Craig, who has the uh, mission of pretending to be the husband she lost. So <laughs> that was a that was the twist that has moved me through 17 books and how they become a real couple as they go through the various missions to um, to stop uh, a international terrorist organization highly financed called the Quorum. It's been a lot of fun. And their relationship really um, adds that meat and that fun and that sexual tension um, that carries the the series forward. You did a great job with that. It's a lot of fun. Well, I want to meet a Jack. <laughs> I think you've met your Jack, honey. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure, right. but thankfully, he's not a covert operative. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't know where he goes on those uh, business well, trips. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and when, when geologists suddenly become covert operatives, I'm going to have to worry. Right. But um, so that sort of sort of brings me to that sort of seminal questions in all of your stories, even including Totlandia, where the world is a little bit lighter and and more backbiting and, and sort of fun. You have strong women that take center stage. Well, and would, would you say that was your unifying theme through all of these books, um, even the standalones? They have strong women. Yes, I. All these women have uh, 
dilemmas in which they have to take take back control of their lives. It may be a relationship dilemma. It might be a life-changing dilemma. In, For example, in the baby planner, my heroine, Katie, she has a husband who she loves dearly, but he doesn't want to have children. And she has a, a real desire and urge to have a child. So she channels this through her, uh, her clients, who all happen to be young mothers. And um, the changes that she goes through uh, in realizing how, how she should get what she wants and how she does it is truly something that it's a crossroads in her life. And I love the fact that um, readers understand the dilemma. Some of them don't agree with how she solves it, but others welcome the fact that she takes matters into her own hands. Um, Right, right. That's a great lesson for all of us is, you know, we have to take charge. Right. And in um, Secret Lives of Husbands and Wives, I have a wife who um, loves her husband dearly, also has two children. As she watches a neighbor's marriage implode, the neighbors that were considered the perfect couple, she sees how it affects everyone in the community because they have all projected this perfection onto this couple, yet their marriages are not perfect. Um, and as it turns out, the husband in, in the divorce he decides to be a stay-at-home dad because he feels he's le- he has been left out of the process. He's been the breadwinner and a very good one and a workaholic and a road warrior. And he decides, no, I want the children. I want the house. I want that life that I, I tried to build with this woman. And uh, she sees his journey through her eyes, um, my um, protagonist, and she also narrates the book. Great. I mean, you you really have a lot of social commentary in these stories, too. And uh, I love your eye to that. You know, you can see these conflicts all around us and make these wonderful stories. So which ones are you going to bring to Barbara Bay? Um, I will have uh, a lot of book one of the Housewife Assassin's Handbook because it's a great introduction to the series. But I will also have several other of those novels on the table. I will also have some of The Baby Planner, some of my political thriller, The Candidate, as well as Secret Lives of Husbands and Wives. So um, whatever part of the Josie Brown uh, library you currently don't have, (laughs) I might have it there. And you need all of them. You need to get all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's the beauty about the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend. You meet new authors, you get to listen to them talk about their books, and then when you walk up to their table, there's always something for someone there. Um, and I, I hope that people enjoy the genres in which I write. Everything on my table will be contemporary this year, um, but it's part of the joy of being at the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend. Thanks for talking with me today. Well, thank you for interviewing me. This was a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, 
authorprovocateur.com and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.